The following opinions expressed within the content are solely the speakers and do not reflect the opinions and beliefs of Child Free Media Limited or its affiliates. Welcome to the No Creation Tales of Sterilization panel. My name is Lenora Fay. I am one of the co-founders of the 2021 Virtual Child Free Conference. And joining me for this panel is Isabel Firecracker, Lucas Cheney, and Jared Hansen. Welcome everyone to the panel. Hope you all are well. Although I've seen you all, so yes, I know you're fine. It could change. <laughs> That's true. We're not done yet. We're not done yet. All right, so let's dive right into it. When did you know you wanted to be sterilized? So we'll start with Jared. Oh, I've been wanting, I, I, maybe I was like back in the very, very early stages. I think I've always not, not really wanted kids. Um, I, I was on the, you know, maybe I was like maybe mid twenties, I would want, you know, maybe a kid or something that just never happened or whatever. And, um, you know, I eventually I just kept on feeling like, kids want the answer for me, like maybe go for my goals and my dreams first and, and go see the places I've always wanted to see. And eventually my child-free stance got like big, stronger as time went on and more bolder. And then eventually I ended up getting the vasectomy like three, four years ago. So that's how it went for me. All right, Lucas. Yeah. So, you know, I made that decision to be child-free in my mid twenties, but it actually took me until I was 35 to get my vasectomy. And I've often been asked, well, you know, if you knew that you didn't want to have kids, what, why wait until you were 35? Uh, and so uh, early on, uh, when I, I put myself back out there and said, hey, I'm going to start dating again, I knew I was going to uh, date a child-free woman. And so I put the burden on birth control on myself uh, for the beginning, right? And so uh, we used condoms until she was, uh, you know, willing to say, hey, all right, I'll, I'll go on the birth control pill. And then for a couple of years, we did that. And then I finally decided hey, I'm ready to have a vasectomy. Let me look into doing that. That seems like that would just be way easier. Why don't we go that route? And so at the age of 35 is when I decided that I was going to go and get the vasectomy. Isabel? Well, in my case, uh, it was a little bit different because I was dating someone. I already had embraced a child-free lifestyle and I was dating someone. And a very close relative of mine asked me, when were we going to have babies? So I said to her, well, we're not, you know, I'm not having any kids. And she said, oh, I hope your birth control fails. And when she said that to me, I was like, okay, um, because we were taking every precaution not to, you know, get, I was taking every precaution not to get pregnant. I did some research and I realized that what was, we were doing wasn't 100%. You know, there wasn't, there was a slight chance that I could actually get pregnant. So I started looking into sterilization uh, because I knew that I didn't want to have any kids. And that kind of pushed me to go and look into it. Yeah. So what was the process like? And I don't mean the procedure because I'll pass out if you get graphic. So please don't get graphic on me. But the process, any research, doctor's visits, share, share. did you have any obstacles, any hurdles that you, you know, push back? Um, Jared. Yeah, um, I just looked online, uh, vasectomy or whatever, and uh, that was a big important thing. Um, and I ended up, 
Oop. Then I ended up uh, just taking doing some appointments, uh, getting uh, actually did an email and then pursued with a phone, you know, phone call, getting a phone call and then uh, some appointments, like one or two appointments and got it going and got the ball rolling. And I was I knew in Denver it's a kind of a, it's a liberal city. So it'd be a better chance to get one versus go to South Dakota where it's really pro-life and conservative and might have more of a resistance or problems with it. So that's what I did. Lucas. Okay. Yeah. So my, my process was, you know, uh, I had a, a ability to go and find a doctor on a website through our, uh, you know, healthcare plan that we had from my uh, company. So I went out and I did a lot of research on the doctors and the different people who could provide a vasectomy and looked up their backgrounds, their credentials, because I, I understand going through uh, taking the MCAT and uh, getting a degree down if you pay for it in the Caribbean versus a, you know, a good doctor. And I wanted to have a good doctor. So then the research came when I found him and started asking questions. OK, what is the procedure going to be like? Go through those graphic details with me because I'm going to want to know exactly what it is. I'll spare you on what it's all like, but I did stay and watch the entire procedure uh, just so I could be you know, a part of that and, and understand it. I thought I was going to be a doctor before I went to computers. So I found it all fascinating and he was able to give all the answers needed. But the obstacles that came up that I didn't think I would hit is uh, when we went for the first conversation with him, he, uh, you know, I had my wife with me and he said, Okay, well, what happens if you don't want to, if you change your mind, you want to be able to have kids? And we both answered, no, no, we're living the child-free lifestyle. We want to, don't want to have kids. He said, well, what about what if your next wife wants you to be able to have kids? And I said, okay, hold up, what? Right? Like that's hugely disrespectful to my wife. That's here. Yeah, this is a lifelong thing, right? That's there isn't going to be a next, you know, wife that comes along for that that you know is going to then change my mind, and I'm going to all of a sudden want to be able to have a kid. So. I found that very weird in the conversation that went through there, that even as a man, I hit a, uh, well, what if, you know, the next woman wants to be able to have a kid? Like you don't have that full autonomy, even as a man, when you go through getting through this. And I was kind of shocked that that would happen because I know it happens to women all the time, but it wasn't too big of an obstacle. It was just a conversation. I had to tell him, no, 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 we're not having kids. That's not going to happen. And the next person, if there was a next person, it's not going to have kids either. Right. So let's squash that and move on with it. Um, but then the second obstacle that came up was, okay, well, now you need to go back and uh, take two weeks before we do this procedure, which only took maybe 20 minutes, right? And so I was wanting to just get it done. I thought we could do the consultation and then set it up and go, but they make you go wait and think on it for two weeks. And then they make you sign the piece of paper, right? Letting them know that, hey, this could be reversed, but you know, it's really hard to reverse it. And so like, you can't come back and see this if you change your mind later on that you don't want to be able to have kids. And I'm like, that's the whole point of reason why I'm here at a 35 year old man is to make sure that I can stay sterilized. Isabel? Um, well, in my case, I know that many women, especially in the States, have had a lot of trouble finding doctors to get sterilized. I am Colombian and I live in Colombia and I was sterilized here in Colombia. Um, I was fortunate enough that I had been seeing the same OBGYN for many years. And after I, I I didn't do a lot of research online. I don't like going online to, to do research about anything that has to do with medical procedures. I, I just went directly to her in a consultation and I said, listen, I'm thinking about doing this. I want to know what my options are. And she was very nice. She, she was surprised at the beginning, but she explained it to me. And then she said, you know what? Your health coverage actually covers that surgery like for free. So you should take advantage of it if you want to do it, right? And she was... 
uh, this was maybe December, November or something. And she was actually retiring uh, April or May the next year. So she said, if you want me to do the surgery, you kind of need to sort of hurry up. So, well, to make the decision basically. And so I, I thought about it, made the decision. And then when we were signing the papers to send to the, uh, the insurance, to approve the surgery, she said she actually attached to it. That was like the only hurdle I had. She attached to it my um, mental health history because I suffer from depression and anxiety. So she said, I'm gonna attach this here because this actually helps um, helps on the decision to actually get you um, sterilized, which I found, I don't know, it was a little bit insulting in a way, I guess, that it's easier for women like myself who have struggles with mental issues to actually get sterilized and not like every woman can access, you know, that freely. So that was maybe the only thing. And then the surgery, I had the surgery done in February, two years ago. And yeah, here I am now. That's a really interesting point, you know, attaching mental health to the decision, because I mean, I realize this is getting into heavy territory, but when, you know, talking about who should be reproducing and who shouldn't be reproducing and there's, there's this, there's like an underlying, uh, not, not threat, but kind of, it's, it it does feel a little bit icky when you present it like that, you know, Mm -hmm. like if you, if you, if you were completely healthy by medical standards, they would talk you out of getting sterilized. Maybe that's, no, our that's way. what it's implying. Yeah. Like Maybe that's is, what we need to do is just claim mental insanity or mental but, health and issues. And then we get in and then we have our options. But I mean, we shouldn't have to do that. No, it, it, it's that's not right either because it's like that conversation, you know, when people ask, so when are you having kids? And then some, some people want to lie about it because it's like, well, we can't have kids because you just, you just want to get people off your back. Right. So it's like, just that, that, that's, oh, that's. A little it bit is the right. It yeah. is the right word. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to put in words. Okay, so and though this is a question that I've kind of thought about myself as far as pressure, but do you feel there's pressure within the child-free community to get sterilized as a way to prove that you are child-free? Because, like, I'm not sterilized. I have an IUD. Um, not all my sexual partners can get me or are male, and I only basically sleep with people that can't get me pregnant. Is my practice. So I have chosen not to go get sterilized. And sometimes I think, well, does that mean I'm not child-free enough? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Is sterilization, like, it's not mandatory, but w- what do you feel? Do you think there's pressure for child-free people to I, be I think I think there's, well, like, for myself, for my sake, I don't want kids ever. And if I have a oops, it's just going to, you know, I need to make sure I put put a lid on it and freaking get it done. And uh, when I got it done, it was the weight lifted off my shoulders and the pressures were gone. Um, it's, you know, I was already child free, yes, without the vasectomy, but I felt it was only right to do it and get it completed. Um, I wasn't there to prove anybody. It was just my own doing and uh, ambition to go for it. Lucas, how do you feel? Yeah, I found this as a very interesting question, uh, you know, that was uh, put to the panel because in the four years that I've been part of the online child-free community, right, you know, posting daily on Facebook, Twitter, and, and being interactive inside of it, I had never really truly come across that perspective of, oh, you're not really child-free unless you're sterilized, right? And I find that an interesting implication, you know, that, you know, was brought up here of, 
oh, well, I don't, I don't see that myself personally as you need to be sterilized to be fully child-free. Like there's plenty of ways to be able to make sure you're not going to have a kid. Right. I, I want to be a huge advocate for vasectomies because if you're a child-free man, you know that you're not going to want to have a kid. You know, there's not really a reason to wait. You know, I don't know why I waited until 35 to do it. I could have went and done it earlier and probably should have done it earlier. Um, so go out and get the vasectomy. It's a very easy procedure. You recover within three days. Right. It's a good thing to do. But do you have to have it in order to be fully child free? No, I don't think so. And I think that would be bad gatekeeping. And uh, going back to one of the other panels and talking about gatekeeping in there um, that I, I found that interesting. I haven't seen it yet inside of the community that I've been a part of uh, to see. Isabel, I don't think that there is pressure within the childhood community, like for women specifically. I haven't I haven't. I mean, uh, I mean, yes, there are some people who are like militant child free maybe in those kind of groups but those those are not the groups that i like to be in that's not my jam um i don't think there's actually a pressure but but i do see people wearing that as a badge of honor sort of like i'm sterilized so my child free you know decision has been like sealed right in yes. a way and i feel that that is i mean yes i understand how you can be proud of having gone through it and said, you know, this is what I want for my life. No kids, therefore I'm going to get sterilized. But that's not the only way to parent. So in the end, um, I don't see it as a requirement for anyone. I think it's a very personal decision. I think there are a lot of people who haven't actually gone through it because they don't want to go, especially women, because for men, I think it's a lot easier. They don't want to go through a, a voluntary uh, procedure. Like you have to go under anesthesia and the whole thing. Mm -hmm. completely understand so I, it's such a personal thing and i mean who, the people who choose to do it awesome but if you don't choose to do it, it doesn't make you any less child free all right uh question for isabel clifford here what is the so social and cultural difference between women getting sterilized versus men getting sterilized in your country which is colombia in case that's a very Colombia. interesting question so basically um Culturally and socially speaking, men getting sterilized, so men getting a vasectomy means that they're less of a man. Men don't do it because it, it kind of like breaks a little bit their manhood, manlyhood, how do you call it? Like, there's so there's there's so sexist. My country, my culture is so sexist. Everyone here, like, men are so macho. And getting a vasectomy is sort of like losing a, a, a part of them that... Ma I don't know that masculinity. It's, it's a weakness. It's a weakness. It's uh, it's losing their masculinity. It's sort of even if they have kids, even if they had already have kids, you know, it's like, what do you mean you're not gonna like keep on, you know, putting your seed wherever it is that you're. So you're Superman if you ha end up having kids. Is that you're like? I mean, the, you're expected. That's the thing. There, everyone's expected, and and women getting sterilized in my country is such an uncommon thing that the women, the few women that I have met here in Colombia who are actually gotten sterilized or who are pursuing it because they're child-free. I mean, if you already have children, it's very hard because they're, they're like, what if you want to have more, more kids, right? Like there's a, this idea that women don't only want one or two or three, they want, you know, who knows, God knows how many kids. But the women who, have, who are pursuing it, who have met, who are child-free as well, they have had to like carry with them this law that says, you know, like print out a, a, an actual law in my country that says that they have the right to, to choose them, to make that decision for themselves, which I didn't have to, thankfully. But yeah, it's it's bad. 
All right. Uh, I need to minimize. I can't read the full question there. Um, question for the panel. How is the experience with surgery for both the men as for Isabel? I'm going to go plug my ears on this one. <laughs> okay. So like mine is, yeah, uh, Lucas, there's a no scalpel vasectomy and then there's a scalpel if I'm not mistaken. And then, and, and I, I did the scalpel and I didn't have no, I didn't, the, the, the doctor asks you if you are numb or like, or if you're, yeah, or you'll feel it. Um, and then I'm like, yeah, no, I can't feel anything. So the whole entire time he's asking you little by little throughout the procedure, if you, if you can feel any pain and I never felt pain, it was great. They gave me some Valium pills before I showed up, I was feeling great. And then, uh, and then throughout the procedure, the doctor was fantastic. I gave him a great rating. So um, he, he was with me the whole time and I loved it. So. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know that there was a no scalpel procedure. Uh, mine was the scalpel procedure as well, but it was, yeah, it, it, it's literally 20 minutes. You go in you get your local anesthetic, right. And then they start the procedure and uh, it's very quick, uh, very easy uh, to get done. So, uh, you know, once he gets done doing the incisions and the cuts that he needs to do and making sure that they're, Make, you know, they're not going to get reconnected and then, uh, you know, sewing you up, you're, you're sent back home, right? And it's a three-day recovery. So that's a good part of the process to understand, right? Uh, on the first day, you're going to go back home and you're going to start taking those good pain pills and you're going to be laying in bed and you're going to be rotating frozen pea bags, right? So those frozen peas and carrot bags, really, really good. Don't get the ice pack. It can't conform, right? Use frozen pea bags and have three of them because you're going to use one then you need to freeze it again. So you're going on rotation. And the doctor highly recommends super snug underwear. Do that, right? Because oh, if yes. you follow their procedure, you're good to go. I did mine Friday morning. I was back to work on Monday, right? Yeah. I took a delivery of a new vehicle on that Sunday on day three. That was the first time I really, I was in bed all day uh, the first day. I moved to the couch and just stayed on the couch and binge watched things on Saturday. And then Sunday, uh, one of my vehicles showed up. And so I walked outside and gingerly drove it into the garage and then went back in on the couch and was able to recover. So procedures, 20 minutes, very easy. You're fully numbed up. You're there. I, I, I was able to watch the thing. I found it fascinating. And then you three-day recover. And so that's the procedure for a man. Wow. I wish my procedure had been like that. <laughs> for women, it's a lot more complicated because we go under general anesthesia, um, I did, I had um, uh, my tubes tied. There's also a, a salpingectomy, which is that they actually remove your fallopian tubes. I didn't get, have them removed. They just cut them and cauterized them. Cauterized them. Is that the word? Um, yeah, that's the word. Okay. That's so I went- That's as well, just as an FYI. They'll, they'll cauterize to make sure that it's gonna be stay, you're not connected. Yeah. So um, I went uh, general uh, anesthesia. I there's women who actually get like several um, because they do it lapa I don't know how to say that word laparoscopy. How do you call it? when they actually like put on like they, they the incisions are tiny basically and they kind of like go in and do everything with like a small camera and thing and it's it's not very long as a procedure. Some women have. Uh, the incisions maybe they have more than one i only have one and it's inside my belly button so you can't even see it um it lasted about 30 to 40 minutes the actual procedure and then i had to stay in the hospital recovering from anesthesia i had complications with anesthesia but it had nothing to do with the surgery it was i had a, a medication that morning that i wasn't supposed to take i didn't remember i took it don't do that 
if you're having a surgery, don't take any medications. Um, and then I went home after a few hours. I was there for about 10 hours, went home, and I thought recovery was going to be quicker. It was about a week. And it hurt like when you do a lot of crunches at the gym. So I couldn't really like, I had to be lying, laying on bed. I couldn't really like sit, sit up or like it, it was hard for me to get out of bed for the first two or three days. And then it, it, the pain just kind of like started uh, going down, but it was, it was a full week until I could actually like start doing my life again, like doing things like driving or exercising and things like that. Yeah, and because it's that much harder for women to to get it done and that experience that you had to go through, right? You know, a full day there at the hospital, basically, and then a full week worth of recovery. That's why I'm such a big proponent of the males. Go get the vasectomy. It's super easy for you compared to the child-free women. We should put that burden on ourselves to be able to be the one to help out in that area. Yeah, like I'll tell you my recovery was I was just in bed. You talked about wearing like briefs no boxers, um, frozen peas. Yeah, that's right. I could have probably went back to work in a few days, but luckily I had doctor's approval to go a little bit much longer. And that was good because I was a city bus driver and I didn't want any sudden movements. I got to put my foot on the accelerator and, and brake. So, um, but yeah, it, it was great. It was a good experience. I loved it. Uh, there we go. That's the question I was looking for. Okay. So, how much positive any did panelists have about the potential side effects of their procedures? So was that ever a concern for any of you? Uh, I mean, you do like it was a few months later, you do a semen sa sample and then uh, you, they check to see if you have zero sperm count and they will call you and give you the information. You go back in a few months later, then you give them a semen sample and then you go back uh, or, or yeah, they'll, they'll call you like a month or something like, like that later. And then, you'll get a word if you had zero sperm count or, and that sort of thing. So go ahead. Well, no, I, the, the question was, did you have any worries about any potential side effects? Yeah. No, so the, besides that, Hey, you're, you're not fully, you know, with, you know, when you go do the test, you find out, do you have any sperm left or not? You want to be at zero, right? That was one concern and going through the doctor, he told you, okay, right, the only way that that could happen is if the tubes accidentally connect back together, and that only happens in X percent of the you know time, and we're going to do the test to make sure. Um, other than that, Jared brought up, the only other one that I had from him was, okay, well, you get a, an infection at the incision site, right? But then as you went through and I watched the procedure, I was like, that's such a small incision, and I watched everything to make sure that we're doing it all correct, you know, surgery style, there's not any foreign whatever. I was like, no, there's there's no way that an infection is going to occur, right, as it went through there. But that was the only second thing besides Jared mentioned of, hey, the tubes could accidentally get reconnected, so you got to go test on that. It was just, is it going to get infected? Because that will delay the recovery time that you have. Well, in my case, I remember asking my OBGYN about side effects, and she said, oh, no, like, nothing, like, I mean, other than the complications of maybe getting your very small incision infected, you should be fine. There isn't anything that, I mean, cutting your fallopian tubes normally wouldn't affect your hormones. However, there are studies that actually show that they do affect hormones in some cases. And it was my case. I gained a little weight after uh, my surgery that I shed off afterwards with exercise and my hormones went a little bit berserk. Um, so I was one of the people who actually got affected with just hormonal disorder, like hormonal kind of, um, how do you call it? Uh, they, they were just like all over the place afterwards for a while. 
uh, it's not supposed to happen normally, but apparently there are women who actually go through through that type of side effects. Yeah. So we did answer this. You, you, everyone did answer this question. You quickly want to recap your downtime. A, a few, like it could have been a little bit. I, I went longer than I really was willing to do. I, I was only going to go come back at like two, two more days. I would have been to work, but I, it ended up being like four or five, which was a great idea. As for me, mine was just three, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then I felt back to normal, but I do have a buddy who's going through the vasectomy right now. And he's on day four and saying it's getting a little bit worse. And he's done a lot of reading inside of Reddit and Googling and the rest. And some guys, as they go through a vasectomy, apparently are going to take up to six or seven days to be able to uh, recover from it. So it's not always just a two and a half day and you feel great and you're fine. Some guys who go through vasectomy, it might take up to a week. It just, I guess, depends. Yeah, it varies, I'm sure, depending on the the male. For me, it was a week. A week. Full week, yeah. And nothing after that? Well, I mean, I didn't, like, just jump back into doing everything I did. I had to, like, sort of take it slow for a little bit. Right. Especially, for example, with exercise. I had to take it slow um, for a little bit. But it was, like, a full week of really being downtime. Yeah. All right. Well, uh how can people reach out to you? Is there anything that we'd like to promote? Um, just uh, my Instagram's Best Child Free. I got my Facebook group, Best Child Free Life Possible, and I'm running this great Child Free Conference. And you can get <laughs> us on subscribe if you haven't to our Child Free Conference uh, YouTube and get on the Facebook uh, page, uh, Facebook.com/slash/childfreeconference. Please and thank you, <laughs> Lucas. All right, yeah, so uh, we have our merchandise available at the uh, the, the shop. It's uh, childfreefamily.com forward slash shop. And that's our buy childfree, buy childfree uh, uh, area to be able to go through and find all the cool designs that we have on a lot of different types of merchandise. You can find us there. And we're also on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram uh, trying to make a post a day out there to help promote childfree uh, activity. Isabel? And you can find me on Instagram or Facebook, mainly on Instagram uh, via Bracing Spark. Uh, I also host a podcast called uh, The Honest Uproar, which is actually ending very soon. But all the episodes are up there, and you can find me in a, any platform, you know, uh, iTunes or anywhere else. Um, yeah. All right. I want to say one last thing: buy buy a child free conference yeah. T shirt since we all have we them. We got mud stickers, so big. I have a pillow downstairs, a throw. I've got towels. I've got you like have a, all the merchandise. My house, Lenora, my, you've got like, everything. Yeah. Um, my house is like covered. So yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Childfreefamily.com/slash/shop or slash shop. That's right. Yes. All right. Thank you, everyone. This has been the No Creation Tales of Sterilization panel. Thank you again for participating today. We'll see you later. Thank you. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode presented by Child Free Media Limited. To stay current with child-free content like this, please visit childfreemedia.com and subscribe to the newsletter.